getting thrown into something like that um, really challenged me as a person, but also gave me the ability to realize and to understand how valuable people are around you. Hey everyone, and welcome to RCS New Business Culture podcast series. My name is Rob Arnold, founder of RCA. This podcast is all about learning from those in business who have shaped world-class business cultures, how they did it, and what they faced along the way in building these great cultures. We look forward to sharing their insights, tips, and tricks with you. This episode, I travelled to the beautiful Rupert and Rothschild wine estate, close to Franschhoek, to chat with Carla Malherber, the global sales and marketing manager for this highly regarded brand. Carla has worked away from the ground up in an historically male-dominated industry to be a real force in the wine sales and marketing space. Let's hear what she learned in her journey and what it's entailed so far. Your journey up until now, give us a brief summary of back in the early days up until your time now at Rupert and Rothschild? So, uh, short story, but I can make it as long as I, <laughs> as we have the time for. I, uh, I started off washing glasses in a um, five-star Relais and Chateau hotel in Constantia. Um, I was earning 2,000 Rand a month, and I think the 2,000 Rand was just covering the petrol from Cape Town to Constantia every day. Um, and I worked with a sommelier there, Tatiana. She, they had a Bible of a wine list, about 300 pages, um, and she taught me everything that I knew about wine. Um, didn't study wine necessarily at Stellenbosch, but loved to drink it, enjoyed drinking it. So she taught me everything I knew about wine back in the, the day, and she sort of said to me one day, if you don't enjoy working for hospitality environments, you can um, you know, go into wine sales or wine repping which um, I then saw an advert in the newspaper for a position um, looking after the Atlantic seaboard and City Bowl in the on-trade. And so I went for that uh, job and I got the job. And I stayed with that company with DGB for 15 years. Um, so I started in sales and moved into key accounts um, looking after the on-trade and then uh, sales manager. And then moved uh, moved around a bit in the company. I think a lot of them would tell you that I was <laughs> part of the furniture, <laughs> which can be a good and a bad thing. Um, but I was an international for a bit. I looked after product development, um, brand management, a bit of public relations, um, and the last five years at DGB managing the hospitality division. And then I left um, uh, in December last year and joined Rupert and Rothschild. So coming up to a year now looking after sales, marketing and hospitality for Rupert and Rothschild. I wonder how many people can say that they worked for a company for 15 years. That's It was, it was quite a good innings um, and DGB was the most fantastic uh, platform and area for me to grow and learn. Um, I, I hold that company in huge um, rapport with me and I think, um, yeah, it was, it was such a, a a brilliant place to be able to test um, what you could and couldn't do and feel safe you know doing it um, so to get the grounding to be able to come to a company like Rupert Rothschild and apply everything that I've learned in 15 years um, is, is phenomenal so if you if you look back over the the innings so far it's quite a bit of time and quite a few different roles that you took on they always say that you learn 
the most, I guess, through our failures or our, our biggest challenges? Are there any things that you can think back on, any instances or occurrences that really do stick out in the memory? Sure. A lot. <laughs> I mean, that's how you grow, that's how you learn. Um, I would say one of the biggest ones definitely for me, and, and um, I think everyone can attest to that, was when I, I had to take over this hospitality division um, at DGB that had not been developed and it had basically been created. Um, we had to look after our cellar doors and our tasting rooms um, and corporate hospitality. And I think getting thrown into something like that um, really challenged me as a person but also gave me the ability to realize and to understand how valuable people are around you um, to build a team that you can really, really, really rely on. And um, I, I very quickly realized I didn't have to be the expert at everything, but um, to get the people around me that were the experts and just you know, and help them and, and lead them um, to do the best that they can do. So, Definitely lots of challenges along the way um, and still challenges today. But if you surround yourself with the right people and the right team, um, it makes it a lot easier to be able to overcome. We, we, I think, yeah, I fully agree with that sentiment. When you talk about the right personal people, is there any trait or quality or attribute that you in your specific case have looked out for in someone which has always been a key box to tick for you to say, yeah, I want to work with that person? Just one, and that's passion. Okay. So if you if you, you can teach somebody anything, um, but you cannot teach them passion. And if somebody comes to work because they really want to do what they're doing and they love what they're doing, whether it is, you know, greeting a customer at a gate, smiling at them, or um, offering them a glass of wine, or crunching the numbers, if they're passionate about what they do, then the rest becomes too easy. So with that in mind and working in, I suppose, some different environments, what for you typifies a really great working environment? I think you've got to have fun. Um, you know, you spend so much of your time working um, with a team of people around you that you, you, you want to be able to get to work and know that you can, you can let your guard down and you can feel safe. If you make mistakes, you've got people that have got your back. Um, you can laugh, you can enjoy, you know, celebrate the small things. Um, and if things are going well, you, you can enjoy it. If things are not going well, you stand together, together as a team and you can pull through it. Um, I think it's, it's, it's all about the balance. Um, an employer that looks after you as a person um, and, you know, I'm a mom, I've got two small kids. Um, I have lots of times when I need to be out there and, and be, the, be the mother as well as be the career person. And if I have an employer, which I do at the moment, that's phenomenal. Um, I can do that and for me that makes me want to give back so much more to the business because um, they appreciate that I am not just working for the business that I actually also have another life apart from that so if there is a balance um, I think it's there's a lot to be said for that so yeah you've spoken a lot about the I guess the, the management and the leadership side there um, you've become a, a great manager and leader yourself what do you find is is the hardest thing in terms of that specific role in managing people and leading people every day? What's that one thing that if you could flick a switch to make it easier, what, what would it be? Um, <clears throat> I think it's not necessarily a hard thing, but it's the people factor. You know, you, you have got a, I've got very um, 
sometimes too high ambitions and where I want to be and where I want the team to be and how I want things to be done. And there's a people factor that you have to always consider. And um, so the biggest thing that I've learned over the years is that just to slow it down a little bit and to understand that you know you will eventually get there um, but you've got to bring the people along with you and if there is times where you know things are not going well on the home front or somebody's sick or they can't be here that that's absolutely fine and that's okay and we don't have to be everything to everyone all the time you just you take it in your stride so still sometimes a little bit of a challenge for me but it's definitely um, definitely something that I'm working on so one of the things that I admire about you is that you've built a really good name in a, in let's be honest, a quite a male dominated industry. Um, how do you, wh what do you think are the, are, the, are the key boxes that you've ticked in order to, to do that? Because I mean, I'm not the only person who says that, but what is, what do you feel you've been able to do to, to make an impact in an industry which um, hasn't always been a level playing field? I'm going, to, I'm going to go back to DGB here <laughs> and I'm going to say a lot of men in DGB and I think that has made me incredibly strong. Um, so I, I see it as a positive um, and the wine industry, yes, it is male dominated. Um, but I think, you know, they, they sort of, they made me strong and they made me realize, you know, you can be, you don't have to be everything to everybody. Um, I have my own personality and my own opinions. And as I grew um, in that company and going forward now, I realized that I have a voice and that it can be heard. And um, I stick by my, by, by my morals and um, I, I know what I'm, I think I know what I'm doing. So on the subjects where I can add value, um, whether I'm a woman or a man or black, white, orange, green, makes no difference. Um, if I have value to add, then I've fortunately, I hope I have added it. So if, if, if you had a, a young understudy um, coming into, into the reins or into the industry um, as a female, what, what would be the first bit of advice you'd, uh, you'd give to them? <laughs> Wear your big girl panties. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's uh, sure. The, I think it's the, you know, women are seen to be more emotional than men, um, and I think you know, emotional intelligence is a huge, huge, huge factor um, when you're working with men and when you're working in a male-dominated um, space. Um, and I think you you need to be in check with that. You know, you very quickly seen to be soft or. You know, you cry over everything if you if you unhappy with something, um, and I think your emotional intelligence plays a huge role. So um, definitely trying to 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 understand that if, if it was a, a person that was coming in um, underneath me or next to me, um, and to try and make sure that that um, is a quality that you can grow on and you can lean on um, as you're getting older. So when Carla is not at work and she's not worrying about stuff to do with, with wine, what, uh, what do you like to do away from, from the work scene? Drink wine. <laughs> As I mentioned, I have two kids. <laughs> it becomes challenging at times. Um, I, I, I like to get out. I like to be out with my family. Um, my family is hugely important to me. Um, my husband, um, very supportive of everything that I've done over the years. Um, so for us, because we lead such very busy lives, um, he works in logistics um, for Unitrans and we're both very, very busy, but we're both very um, 
passionate about our kids and we love our family life. So um, any chance that we can get just to be together is, is just valuable time spent. So we don't have much of a social life apart from that, apart from going to kids' birthdays. But I think, you know, that's uh, wherever I can regroup, I try my best. Um, and yeah, spending time with the girls and spending time with my family and my husband is just, it's, it's amazing for me. Cool. So if you could have, um, if you had to visit one restaurant for the rest of your life and you could only visit that restaurant, which, uh, which one would that be? There used to be a restaurant in Willy Point called Wakami. And I don't know if it was, it, it's just, it was the most phenomenal restaurant for us. Not the f most fabulous service or the best food, but there was just this factor when you walked in and almost like you, it was always my husband and I that would go there for their calamari and their chili rice, or I think it was that. Um, and we just had the most amazing evenings there. Everything just felt right. You did, you, your cares went away and you were sitting looking at the sea and it was just spectacular. It was always busy. There was always a nice vibe. Um, as I said, the service, I can't, I don't think I can fault it, um, but it wasn't memorable enough that I could remember how amazing the waiters were. Um, but it was just, it was a good package. And I think if you, if you can get that in a restaurant where people can't really put their finger on why they go there again and again, um, it's just a feeling that you get, um, then I think you'll, I think they will succeed. Pity that Wakami is not closed. Something else is in its place, but uh, I don't think there'll ever be another Wakami for me. So if you put your, your customer hat on, Carla the customer, what, what for you is non-negotiable when it comes to, to service to you in terms of what you look for on a, on a high level? I think confidence. Um, you know, you might not know everything, but if a waiter comes to me and wants to tell me something and they appear confident, um, not arrogant, but confident, and you know, there's a, there's a natural confidence that comes with them, um, then I, I will remember them and I will warm to them and I will leave them a very big tip and I think it, it all comes with this inner, you know, if they believe in themselves and I can see not necessarily just in the way that they're communicating their knowledge but the way that they look, the way that they smile, the way that they, you know, eye contact is key, they need to, they need to be believable and if they are believable and, and confident then the job is done. So lastly, if you could have your team here think of one thing every day. So in other words, when they came to work, they were thinking one thing and every single day that was something that went through their minds. What, what would that thing be? Hmm. Um, I mean, it sounds cliched, but you can't think about passion, but I think love, love for what you do. Um, and, you know, when you... you Hospitality is a very difficult game and it's not for everybody. You stand up in the morning and you could be having the worst day of your life, but you've got to put on a smile and you've got to, you know, appear for the customer. And I think if you are passionate about what you do and you love what you do, then it makes it that much easier to be able to bring that across authentically. So I guess if they, if they love, if the love for the job, the love for the company, the love for the team around them, um, you know, that, that for me would be a, a winner because it would shine in everything that they do. So I just want to end off by saying and acknowledging you, and I, I know you don't like this part, <laughs> but I've, I've done, uh, well, I've been lucky enough to work with you for quite a few years now, and you know we've worked with quite a few different people and clients, but one thing that I've always admired about you and, and the reason why I wanted to interview you is 
um, the integrity that you bring to every conversation, every uh, email, every telephone call. And I think there's a big need for that in the, not just in this industry, but I think in business in general. So um, I think it's something which a lot of people can learn from you in that sense. So thank you for your time and thanks for, for being on our podcast. Great to be part of it. And uh, I wish you only success in the, in the years to come. I don't think I need to wish you it because you're kind of proving everyone already how, how great you are at what you do. But um, nonetheless, I hope it's a fantastic few years ahead for you. That's it for today, guys. If this episode brought you value, please do subscribe to the podcast series. And for more information on building your organizational culture, visit us at rcaconsulting.biz. We'll see you in the next episode.